Good morning. How are you guys? Is it like April or May or what, man? This 70 degree stuff, I can, I can live with that, right? But I hear we have snow on the way. I'm just saying, I've heard that. Actually, I haven't heard that. Pastor Bill heard that. He told me he's my pastor. He doesn't lie. So uh, now the person he heard it from may have been incorrect because, you know, meteorologists can be wrong and still have a job, whereas most of us cannot. So uh, anyways, so supposedly we're supposed to get snow like Thursday, Friday, something like that. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. Anybody else has heard that? You've heard it. Okay. You guys living in a rock or what? I don't know. Anyways, that's what's supposed to be coming. So uh, let's jump in uh, this morning. Uh, First of all, I want to say thank you to Pastor Bill for allowing me to have the chance to share with you guys today. If you are a first-time guest with us today, uh, normally the guy that just did the announcements, Pastor Bill, he's our lead pastor, and uh, he usually does this. Um, And uh, and today uh, I'm the associate pastor, and I'm doing this. So, um, you know, come back next week. Because then you'll have the A team. Today's the B team, but it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's okay. Anyways, um, all right. So uh, without looking up there, don't look up there. Don't look up there. Give me two, give me, give me some words that are two-letter words. Not those. What? It. Yo. If. What? We, us, as, pie, pie, Pie. okay, I got you, anybody else, B, he, me, oh, wow, I was like, what, anything else, no, on, DJ, DJ is not a word, I, oh, hi, Okay, anyways, there's a lot of words that are, uh, are obviously two-letter words in our uh, vocabulary. Um, today, uh, we're going to look at three two-letter words uh, that um, have a pretty profound meaning, I, I think. At least I think so, and I hope by the end of today uh, you feel the same way. But these three words are, um, are be, do, and go. Um, a lot of... I guess I shouldn't say a lot of, but, you know, when I, when I think of these words, be, do, go, on, know, they're action words, right? They're, they're something that you should, should do or something you should be or something that you should go do. Um, and so uh, to, to those of us who, who call ourselves followers of Christ, believers, Christians, whatever you want to call that, um, I think these words have a lot of meaning or can have a lot of meaning if we'll allow them to do that in our lives. So let's pray and then we'll talk a little bit more about this. God, again, we come to you this morning. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the beautiful sunshine the last couple of days. Um, And we thank you if there's snow coming, that that's awesome too. Um, Lord, we just, uh, we come before you right now and uh, we ask that as we dive into your word, that you would open our hearts um, in our ears, 
to, to hear, to receive um, the things that you want to say today. And God, I pray that anything that I'm not supposed to say would not come out of my mouth. And Lord, I pray that the things that, that come out of my mouth that maybe you shouldn't have, that the people would not hear them or they would not hold on to them. But God, I pray that as we walk out of this place today, we would hold on to the words um, that, that have meaning and have purpose for each and every one of us, God. So, uh, Lord, we just, we just lift this time to you. God, we pray for our kids on the other side of the wall and, and Miss Grace who's teaching them and for all the nursery workers over there who are working with our kids, Lord. I pray that um, they would just speak truth into those little kids' lives. And that uh, those young ones, Lord, would come to know you if they don't already. Um, God, I pray that each and every person that's in this building today would walk out of here changed because we've been in your presence. So uh, we give this time to you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Wow, I thought I was in front of my thing. (laughs) That's weird when you open your eyes and you're not where you're supposed to be. All right. Let's start off by looking at the word be. All right. Here's the definition for the word be. It's, it's a verb. There we go. It's a verb. Uh, and, it, and it's to exist or live, to take place, to happen, to occupy a place or position. So right now, just about everybody in this room is sitting. So we are all being, we are all to be right now, right? We're all doing, we're not, we're not going to do yet, sorry. We're all being, right? We're existing, we're living, we're taking place, we're happening. Some of us are, more than others. Uh, if you understand that, then you're from the 70s. Um, to occupy a place or position. We're all occupying this room, right? Uh, our kids are occupying the nurseries and the kids' church area. We're all occupying space, on this planet, all right? So all of us are, are being right now. Um, do you remember uh, to be or not to be? That is the question. Right now, the answer is yes. I'm being, all right? I'm not not being. I'm, well, no, I am. I'm being. You are too. Not not being would be being. Got it? That's a double negative if you're wondering. All right. So right now we are to be. All right. So as a believer or as a follower of Christ, um, our calling is to be, to exist, to live, to take place, to happen, to occupy a place or position in God's kingdom. We're supposed to be all about his business. We're supposed to be what he's created us to be. Um, we oftentimes think that, uh, that we have to be involved in something big to be in God's will. And, uh, and however, sometimes we just need to be. So what does that mean? What does it mean to just be? Like, be what? Um, be what? What am I supposed to be? We're all told by the world what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be beautiful. We're supposed to be thin. We're supposed to be athletic. We're supposed to be important. We're supposed to be rich. We're supposed to be important, successful. That's what the world would say, right? We're supposed to be all these things that, that are way up here and, and high and lofty, and yet they don't really matter in God's eyes. God loves us just as we are, and he just wants us to be. But be what? What do we be as a Christian? There's a lot of things that we could be. 
uh, one of the things that God's Word says uh, in uh, Leviticus uh, chapter 20, uh, verses 7 and 8 is this. Would you guys read this with me? Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statues and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Consecrate. What does that mean? Set apart. Set yourself apart from what the world wants you to be and be what God wants you to be. And what God says he wants us to be in this verse is what? Holy. What does it mean to be holy? When I think of God, uh, when I think of Jesus, those are like the ultimate in holiness, right? It's, it's perfection. It's, uh, it's something that as a human being, I struggle with trying to attain holiness. And I'm sure I'm not the only one in this room. When I think of holy, I think, you know, I have to be perfect. How do I do that? I'm human. I make lots of mistakes. I have lots of crazy thoughts that go through my head daily that shouldn't be there. I say things, I do things that don't please God. So how in the world can I be holy? How can I set myself apart and be holy? Well, to be holy means for for us, I, I, I think, is that, you know, we strive to be all that God has created us to be. And God has created each and every one of us in his own image. And so for each and every one of us, that means I need to strive to be like Jesus. And how do I be like Jesus? I be holy. And how do I be holy? I, I do my best. I try my hardest to please him in every single thing that I do, every thought that I have. I try to, you know, when those thoughts come that shouldn't be there, what do we do? We take them captive, right? And we throw them away and we forget about them. And then we ask for forgiveness and God is faithful and just to forgive us. And then we move forward. And then we mess up again and we say, okay, God, I want to be holy. I want to be holy before you. I want to set myself apart from this world. I don't want to be like them. I want to be better than that. Not that I'm better than them, but I'm better than what the expectations are, right? And so I try my hardest to be holy in his eyes and to be set apart from what the world wants me to be. So as we exist or we live and we occupy this place, we're to be holy. Um, we can be perfect, but we're to, we're to set ourselves apart from the world. And, and we should, um, should not let the temptations of this earth um, get under our skin. Don't let the temptations of this, earth, of this earth take over who God created you to be. We're all going to struggle with temptation. We're all going to have temptation, but we can overcome those things because we're overcomers, Right? Because we have the one who can overcome everything on our side. So we can do that. So what else are we supposed to be? Let's take a look at the be attitudes for just a moment. And would you guys read with me on these too? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
And blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. All right. So, according to these verses, then, we are to be poor in spirit, meaning basically to be humble. Uh, We are to be mournful when we are sad. Because Christ will comfort us. We're to be meek and humble because we will inherit the earth. We're to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness because only then will we be fully satisfied. Let's stop there for just a second. I'm hungry all the time. I don't know about you guys. I think I have like a tapeworm or something. He's just not doing a very good job of eating more than I can consume. So I need to get another one or something. Start like a farm in there. (laughs) Anyways, maybe there already is. That's the problem. Uh, But I'm hungry a lot and, and, and I'm thirsty a lot. Unfortunately, it's not for water. Usually it's for like, you know soda or iced tea or whatever. Not that, you know, iced tea is necessarily bad, but, um, you know. But what I should really be hungry for, what I should be waking up in the middle of the night to do instead of raiding the refrigerator is waking up in the middle of the night being hungry for the things of God. Being hungry to get on my knees and pray. Being hungry to, to jump into the Word in the middle of the night. That's, you know, that's me. That's, that's where I'm at. Um, you know, I think that when we, when we talk about being hungry and thirsty uh, here, we have to, as a believer, that, that should be something that all of us are constantly striving for. To be hungry to be in His Word. To be hungry to be in prayer. To be hungry to be in His presence. To be thirsty for the thing that only He can satisfy us with. And yet, so often, I, I, I'm not there. I don't know where you guys are, but for me, I know that that's not where I'm always at. I'm not always hungry and thirsty enough for the things, for righteousness is what it says here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm letting myself be satisfied with the things that I fill myself with, unfortunately. And I think a lot of us as Christians, if we really truly think about that, that's probably where we're at too. And so to be holy, how am I going to be holy if I'm hungry and thirsting after the wrong things? So we need to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness because only then will we be fully satisfied. And then we're also, uh, we're to be merciful to others for in return, we will receive mercy. When someone does something that you don't like, when someone says something about you that you don't like, when someone doesn't do something that you thought they would do, We have to let that go. We have to be willing to be merciful and forgiving because if we expect our Heavenly Father to forgive us, we have to be willing to forgive others around us. And we want mercy from others, we have to be merciful too, right? If I'm constantly going around bashing everybody in the planet and telling everybody how horrible they are, uh, more than likely everybody's going to think, man, that guy's horrible. Right, But if I go around and I'm merciful and I'm friendly and I'm kind and I show forgiveness to others, then they're going to do the same thing back to me. 
And so we need to be merciful if we, uh, uh, so we can receive mercy as well. And then we're to be pure in heart because then we will see God. I love that. See God. Someday we will get to see God face to face. But I want to see him now. Maybe not physically because I probably would die, right? Because in the Bible it says those that, you know, they couldn't look right on at him. He had to kind of pass by in the shadows and things like that. And so if he, you know, if he all of a sudden revealed himself right now, we would probably all drop dead right here in this room. But I want to be able to see him. I want to see the things that he's laid out for me. I want to see the things he's laid out for you. I want to see the things that he wants to do on this earth. And so in order for me to do that, I have to be pure in heart. If my heart's not pure, I can't see God. So we need to be pure in heart so we can see him. We're to be peacemakers so we can be called sons of God. That's awesome. And then finally, we're to be those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness and have others who vile us or hate us. That doesn't sound very fun, (laughs) right? Nobody likes to be persecuted or made fun of or spit upon or kicked or whatever, right? None of us like that. But it says that we are supposed to be, uh, be those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, because, because then we'll re- we'll re- we will receive the reward of heaven. And, you know, this, this life, this trying to live as a, a believer and, and loving Jesus and all that stuff, it's not just about that reward in heaven. I hope not. I hope for all of us it's to be what he called us to be so we can do and go into the world and make a difference. So, that's it. That's not, I mean, that's not all that for B, that's it. So, let's get out there and let's be, okay? Let's get out there and let's be. All right. Let's move on to, uh, to do, all right? So, the word do is also a verb, and it means to carry out, execute, or perform, bring about, effect. I bet that Dan wants to be a guy who carries out, executes, performs, brings about, and affects the things that God has called him to do. And I would assume that most people in this room, if not everybody in this room, wants to carry out, execute, perform, bring about, or affect the thing that God's called you to do. Right? When someone gives you a task, your boss, your spouse... Whoever, friend, they give you a task to do something and we want to make them happy, then we will do our best to carry it out, execute it, perform it, bring it about and make it happen. I would say we'd probably, you know, everybody here would unless you just don't want to. Um, And when I say that, when I say you don't want to, too often that's the case with the things that God wants us to do as well. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. The golden rule. You guys know the golden rule? What's the golden rule say? Do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Right? That's a good place to start. That's a good model to live by, a good standard. Um, We also know Nike's slogan, just do it. Do what? Right? Buy my shoes? (laughs) Just do it. Buy these shoes. They're really expensive. But they're awesome, I guess. I don't know. I can't wear Nikes. My feet are too fat. 
Anyways. <laughs> when we look at the Bible, when we look at God's word, we know that uh, a lot of people will look at God's word or a lot of Christians or a lot, I'm sorry, a lot of uh, non-Christians, a lot of people who don't believe will look at the Christian life or will look at God's word and say, it's just a bunch of do nots. Do not do this. Do not do that. Do not do this. You can't do that. You can't. Right. I mean, you've heard that all before when you were a kid, you probably thought the same thing. You know, you'd, you know, put on your Judas Priest CD that you bought at the store and your mom didn't know about it. And then you found it out. They found out and you can't listen to that. Why? You know, and we get, we, we get all crazy about these do nots. Do not do this. Do not do that. But you know what? There's a lot of do's also. We should not focus our life so much on the do nots. We need to focus our life on the do. Like, what are we supposed to do? Not about what we're not supposed to do. A lot of us are really good at the do nots. But the do's is where we struggle. In 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul talks about becoming all things to all men so that he might be able to reach them with the good news of Jesus Christ. And I've always looked at this and thought... Okay, how do I become all thing to all men? I mean, you know, everybody's different. You know, there's certain people that I can talk to, and there's certain people that are really hard for me to talk to. And the same thing with you guys. There's certain people that you relate to, certain people you don't relate to. But you know what? When it comes to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, we should just be able to go out there and do it. Just do it. So, read with me on this too. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, 22 and 23. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. So it's not about our comfort level. It's not about how we feel about it when we go out and share the, the good news of Jesus. We do it for the sake of the good news of Jesus. We don't do it so we can get like a little notch or a little badge, or an extra ruby in our crown. We do it for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the good news of Jesus, so that others can share in the blessings of what it means to live a life that is led by the creator of the universe. That is what it's all about. So to the weak, I become weak, so that I can win the weak. Change that to anything. To the strong, I become strong so that I can win the strong. To the poor, I become poor so I can win the poor. To the rich, I become rich so I can win the rich. Whatever it is. To the tall. (laughs) I'll put on elevator shoes. Whatever. But each one of us, if God calls you to do something, then he's going to find a way or give you a way to be able to do that. And so you can reach those people because God will help you to reach those people. We can't do it on our own strength. We have to find out how he's going to help us. And so if, if he says, I want you to go talk to that person who you have nothing in common with, you're like, oh boy. Well, he's going to give you a plan to do it too. He's going to make a way for it to happen. It may not be as easy as you think it's going to be. It may not be what you expected. But if he puts that burden on your heart, then just do it. Go out there and and share that good news. And do it all for the sake of the gospel, of the good news. 
of Jesus. Another verse in 1 Corinthians, uh, it's 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So whatever you do, whatever you do, everything, anything, all things that you do, do all for the glory of God. How often do we do all for our own benefit or for our own pleasure or for our own satisfaction? But how often we do all for the glory of God. So when God calls us to do stuff and we go out and we do it, we're not doing it for our sake. We're not doing it so everybody will say, John, that was fantastic. I can't believe you were able to, to, to do that with that group of people over there and help them out. Man, you should be applauded. Why, thank you. I know, I'm awesome. No, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about doing these things for the glory of God. It's to bring glory to him, to make his name famous so other people will come to know Jesus Christ. And so when we do these things, don't do it so people will pat you on the back and say how awesome you are. Do it because you want to bring glory to the name of Christ. Christ. Excuse me. All right. So everything, anything we do, do it all. And, and you know, it doesn't always have to be these huge things, these huge things. It doesn't have to be big things that we do all the time. There's a lot of little things that need to happen all around us every day. And so we can change the world by doing little things too. Why don't you guys check out this video for just a second? You know, this message is not just an advertisement for DC Cares. DC Cares is one way here at DC that you can be, do, and go. And Connie put that video together, so thank you, Connie, for that. And it was really good. And we've got several several other people who are, are kind of helping lead different areas of that. Uh, Connie is is heading up prison ministry, writing to inmates. Um, we've got uh, Kayla who is doing meal train. She's somewhere in here, over here, uh, over here. And then um, we also have uh, Tammy who is helping out with the love baskets, which is just an opportunity to give. Uh, just a basket of encouragement to people. And, and so you've seen us pass out some things over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, we're just looking for people to, to, uh, to jump in and, and help with those things. And if that's something God's calling you to do, then that's awesome. Maybe it's something else. Maybe God's calling you to be, do, and go in a different way. And that's okay too. But whatever God calls you to do, that's what it's all about. All right. So that's just one example of something that we as Christians uh, can do right here in our own community. And so um, anyways, that's that's pretty cool. Um, so basically, we just have to be willing to, to get out there and, and do it. And that leads us to our final word, which is go. Go. 
It's fourth and ten. Tied ball game. Vikings have the opportunity to get into the Super Bowl. Adrian Peterson gets the handoff. They're on the one-yard line. He's got 99 yards to go. You know what I'm going to be doing? Screaming at the TV. Go! When the Royals won the World Series a couple of years ago, everybody was screaming, Go! Right? It's exciting. Go! It's an action word also. Go! When I tell my daughter to go to her room, she better go to her room. Of course, right now we're living in my sister-in-law's basement and it's all one room. So if I tell her to go to her room, she's like, Dad, I'm already there. Her bed is her room right now. But the thing is, is that when we hear the word go, we usually jump into action. Steve, when you tell a young man to go, he better go, right? He'll go. (laughs) Or he'll face the consequences, right? See, the thing is, when God calls us to go, he expects us to jump into action. And we don't, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, God's going to smack you down. But I think when, when I think about discipline, when I think about like my discipline as a child, when I heard the word go from my mom or dad, if I didn't go, uh, I got it, right? But you know what? I would have rather gotten a spanking any day and be disciplined that way than to know that I disappointed my parents. The worst time... And I may have shared this before, but the worst time I ever remember getting in trouble was I said something I shouldn't have said to my mom. My dad, thank God, was not home at the moment because I probably wouldn't be here right now. Uh, but later when my dad did get home, and because I didn't talk to my mom the rest of the day. I mean, I, I left. You know, It was like I had keys at that time, and I, I was I'd gone. And uh, when I got home, uh, I was met with a very angry father, and I knew something was about to go down. But what was worse was he said, you need to go into that bedroom and talk to your mother and apologize to her. And when I went in there and she was bawling, and I realized how much I hurt her and how much I disappointed her, that was enough punishment right there. Not in my dad's eyes, but... (laughs) Bye-bye car for two weeks, you know? Got to ride the school bus? I'm a junior in high school, Dad. That's stupid. Anyways, um, but, you know, mistakes. But the thing is, is I disappointed them. And when God tells me to go do something and I don't do it, you know, I'm not expecting a spanking, but I am expecting that I'm probably disappointing him. Because maybe, just maybe, he laid that whole opportunity out a long time ago and knew that I was the one that was supposed to go and do that thing. And I didn't. And so then he had to come up with a different plan. Of course, he always does. But the thing is, is that I disappointed him. I didn't go and do what God had told me to go and do. And so, um, you know, 
when, when, when we hear that word, then we should uh, to jump into action um, because it's, it's something that God has, has basically laid out there for us to do. Um, but how often do we not? How often does God calls us to call us um, to go to our neighbor or go to our boss and just be friendly and we choose not to? Or how often do we choose to not go and sit by the loner in the cafeteria at school? Or how often do we not go and say hi to the guest at church that you've never met before? Or how often do we not go uh, and say, um, yeah, or, or, I'm sorry, how often do we not go and, and, and uh, tell someone about the good news of Jesus Christ when that opportunity is laid out before us. It's Mission Sunday. A little while ago, Josh came up here and talked about uh, David and Janice Ewing and how they answered the call to go. They love Guatemala. And they've been down there for a long time. And God called them specifically to that place to go and to share the good news. And then God changed that plan because they used to be like full-time missionaries just there. And then God changed that. And now they go and they encourage missionaries. They go and they, they deal with people who are just like you and I, who have financial problems, who have marital problems, who have kids on drugs, who have pornography addictions, who have drug addictions, who have issues in their life, just like we do. Okay? And yet those people are down there trying to share the good news of Jesus, and they're struggling themselves. And so David and Janice, they go, and they encourage, and they lift up, and they pray for, and they help those missionaries to succeed in what God's called them to do in Guatemala. And so not every single one of us in this room is going to be called to go to Guatemala or called to go to Ethiopia or Zambia or uh, the Philippines or wherever, but all of us are called to go to something. We're all called to the mission field. Every single one of us in this room is a missionary, whether you believe it or not. You're all missionaries. All of us are to share the good news of Jesus Christ wherever we go. And so uh, just because we celebrate Mission Sunday and we talk about those people that are in different places of the world um, and, and what they're doing, uh, all of us are supposed to be doing it, right? If every single one of us that call ourselves Christians on this planet would actually go and, and share the good news of Jesus Christ, this world would be completely different. Think about that. Think about how many people do you know that don't know Jesus in your workplace, in your neighborhood, even in your own family. And yet if every single one of us would go and share the good news and share what God has done for you, it would be completely different. There would be so many people that would love Christ, that would be following Christ, that would be doing the things that he's called us to do as the church and called us to be as the church, that it wouldn't be this, uh, you know, you hear about Christianity now on TV or whatever, and it's a joke. They look at us like we're a joke because we're weak and we're ineffective and I didn't plan to go this direction, so I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be judgmental on any of us, okay? I'm just saying it like it is because it's the truth. The, the Christian body is not 
as strong as it could possibly be. Do you agree with me on that? Okay, good. I'll bring it back down to be happy now. (laughs) But the thing is, is that, you know, seriously, I mean, we are called to go and to share the love of Christ in our workplaces, our schools, our neighborhoods, and and our communities, and to be an example and share the love of Christ. And how often are we doing that? I'm looking at myself, okay? I work in the walls of this church. And when I go out, it's usually when you guys go out too. When we go out to do DC Wow or we do something else, I'm just as guilty as everybody else in this room of not sharing with my neighbors, with my, well, my coworkers are Christians, (laughs) thank God, because he's our pastor and his wife. So (laughs) that would be bad. Um, Anyways, but... You know, the people that are around me, I mean, most of them are believers, but I know people that aren't. I know there's people out there that I should be going and doing something about. And yet, it's a lot easier to be comfortable and stay home and watch Chicago Fire. I don't know why that came into my head, but anyways, it's a show. Anyways, um, here's the thing. Jesus himself told us in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. You guys read this with me. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son and the Holy spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. His own disciples doubted him. He knew that was going to happen. When you doubt him, he knows you're going to doubt him. When he calls you to go and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Was that really Jesus that just said that? He knew that was coming. He knew that next line was about to happen. Okay. Didn't surprise him. He didn't even say, you know, like after it says that they worshiped, they worshiped him, but they, but some of them doubted. He wasn't like, oh, hey, you know, it's okay. He just said, you know what? All authority has been given to me. Go, go and do something. And so when you doubt what he's called you to do, he's not surprised. But then instead of holding back. Just go. You know, we, we hear about what happened after w- when Jesus was arrested and all the disciples, man, they split. They were like, I, I want nothing to do with this guy. I'm not going to be, I don't want to be, you know, strung up and killed. Right? They took off. But then they came back together and they got to see Jesus again and they worshiped him and he said, go. And this time when they dispersed, when they went around, they went, they, they goed, but they did what they were called to do. They started the church. They started the body of Christ. We are called to extend and make bigger that body of Christ. We are to be muscle milk. Protein. Cells, whatever. We are to help build the body of Christ. And when Jesus tells us to go, 
then we should go. Go to your workplace. Go to your neighborhood. Go to your community. Go to Africa. Go to Guatemala. Wherever he's called you to go, then go. Go to Kansas City, Kansas with Lee and help him. Whatever it is that God's called you to do to go, go. Go make disciples. So as we wrap this up, there's, there's a question that I want to answer that I just said. I said, go make disciples. So what exactly does that mean? How do we... Oh, sorry. I just messed that up. Okay, it doesn't matter. How do we make disciples? How do we make disciples? If we look at our three words, be do and go. How do we make disciples utilizing those three words? Well, first of all, we have to be a disciple too. If the only time you're getting the word, if your only time you're praying, if the only time you're in community with other believers is on Sunday mornings, that's not enough. To be a disciple means your entire life is wrapped up in Jesus. Everything. Right? We already said that everything we do, we do for him. Right? We do for the glory of God. And so, in order to build disciples, to grow disciples, we have to be a disciple ourselves. We also have to be holy. We have to be humble. We have to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness. We have to be merciful to others. We have to be pure in heart. We have to be peacemakers. We have to be, be willing to accept persecution. And we have to be an example for new believers to follow us as we follow Christ. And that's how they grow, and that's how we grow. So we have to be. We have to do unto others what we want them to do to us. The golden rule. We, have to, we do have to reach out to others and do it all for the sake of the good news of Jesus. We have to do everything for his glory. We have to do the little things and the big things. We just need to do it. Not think about it too hard. Just do it. We have to get out in the world and do. Take others with us to disciple them. Jesus led his disciples to go out and do, right? He led his disciples. His disciples went with him when he went out and... And healed people and raised people from the dead. And then he sent them out on their own. Were they perfect? No. But great and mighty things happened, right? Same thing with us. If we want to grow disciples, we take disciples with us. We take those, those new believers with us and we go out into the world and we do some awesome things. And then they grow too. And then they go off and they do things and they take their friends that they've help lead to Jesus and they go out and they do things and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And pretty soon you've got hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people going out into the world and doing what God has called them to do. And it all starts with us. And then finally we go, we have to be willing to go where he tells us to go. Even the hard places. There are places on this planet that I have zero desire to ever visit in any capacity. And I'm not going to say them out loud because although Jesus already knows of those places, I don't want to go there. And I don't want you guys to hold me accountable if God tells me to go there. So unless you can read my mind like he can, it's over. All right. But anyways, 
But I have to be willing to go. If God calls you to go somewhere, if it's to your boss who is the biggest jerk on the planet and he hates your guts and yet you know that he needs Jesus, if, if God opens that door for you to share, you better share. Because that might be the only opportunity that that guy has to hear the good news of Jesus. Just saying. So go. We have to go to the places that God wants us to go and or he tells us to go. Um, that may be to the very corners of the world or to, like I said, our boss, our teacher, our neighbor, our coworker, friend, or foe, jail, wherever. People need Jesus and we need to go. So if we don't be, if we don't do, and we don't go, others will not come to know Christ. We can't expect them to just walk through these doors and fall on their knees and begin to believe in Jesus. It can happen. God can make that happen. He can make anything happen. But it's more than likely not going to be the way that people come to know Christ. They're not just going to start flooding churches. I'm not just talking about this church. I'm talking about all churches, the church universal. It's going to be the people that are in those churches, the people that make up those churches, the people that are the church. It's going to be us that's going to make the difference. It's going to be us going out there and making it happen. So we have to be, do, and go. The challenge for all of us in this hectic, busy life that we all live, I know, trust me, we all have hectic, busy lives. More so than any time that I've ever been alive. It's more busy now than ever. But in the midst of all that, um, we can't forget why we're here. And that's to love God and to love others. That's what we say is our mission statement here as a church. So we have to love them enough to introduce them to the one who can change everything. And that's Jesus. So let's get out there and let's be, do, and go. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. You are awesome. It is so uh, humbling to be able to come together this morning with family, with friends, and with complete strangers. And to worship you, um, the one true God. The creator of the universe. The Lord and savior of our lives, God. We love you so much. And uh, today, I pray that all of us um, would walk away with the challenge of being, doing, and going into the things that you have called us to do. God, if there's anybody here today that does not know you, I pray that, that even at this moment, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just begin to work in their heart and that you would begin to just show them how real, how powerful, how awesome, and how loving you are. God, change their hearts today. God, be with all of us as we leave this place this morning. I pray that all of us would walk out of these doors and that uh, we would just be pumped up and, and ready to, to do some really cool things for you. I pray that we would not get caught up in, in our own lives and our own satisfactions and uh, our own wants and desires. But God, we would be caught up completely in the things that you uh, have for us which are way more exciting than anything we could even dream of. So um, help us, God, to do that. And again, as we prayed already for our missionaries, Lord, we lift them to you. We thank you that those are people who are being, doing, and going where you've called them to be, to, and go. 
And so bless them, use them. I pray that they would be encouraged by uh, not only the financial gifts that we give to them as a church, God, but also the prayers and, and the things that we can do, the words of encouragement and things like that that we do for them. So, Lord, we love you, we thank you, and uh, we honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen.